Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Well, it's raining cats and dogs outside, or at least it was. But happy holidays, no matter which holidays you've been celebrating over the weekend. It's Now, ESPN Radio, uh, SWX Montana Television, and uh, the ESPN MT app. Great Father's Day weekend for us. Uh, I, myself, not a father, but uh, my younger brother, Brooks, who's a huge part of this show, huge part of my life. It was a Father's Day for him. Also a Father's Day for uh, our Sister-in-law's husband, they just had their first baby too. So fun family time over the weekend. And also happy Juneteenth today, uh, a federally uh, recognized holiday over the last, I guess, couple years now. And I know a lot of people had the day off work today as well. So uh, if you did have the day off work, you're tuning in. Thanks. If you didn't have the day off work and you're tuning in, thank you. And uh, maybe you're just about to get off of work. No matter what, I appreciate you being here. You can always check out Nuanas Now here on the ESPN MT app. SWX Montana Television, or by streaming live, 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live. Or uh, archived on the Nuanas Now podcast on all your various podcast hosting platforms. If you want to be a part of today's show, you always can. 406-888-1029. Ton to get to today. We got some best of the weekend. Wyndham Clark takes the golf world by storm. I thought there was a lot of guys that had a chance to win the U.S. Open this last weekend. I didn't know who Wyndham Clark was before this last weekend, so he is now uh, the new darling uh, in the uh, the professional golf world, which has become so compelling. I've always been a big golf guy, but I do think it's it's broadened its appeal quite a bit because of some of the stars 
the drama, uh, the the controversy, the merging of the PGA and the Live. So uh, these majors are even more must-watch TV right now. We also had a great time over there at the East-West Shrine game. Myself, Andrew Houghton, our producer, uh, we both drove over to Butte together uh, to take in the 76th annual uh, East-West Shrine game, all-star football game, and uh, a, a ton to talk about there. Having him there was great because we were able to split up the interviews. After the game, it's just everybody's on the field. There's so many people walking all around. It's fun. It's great energy, but it's kind of hard to track guys down because they're they're hugging mom and they're posing for pictures with dad and they're you know, saying what's up to their new teammates, their old teammates, all this stuff. But it's always fun to hang out with the guys. So we were able to round up um, quite a few a couple handfuls uh, of the uh, the top performers from the East-West Shrine game. And we'll have a couple more for you later on this week as well because a couple young men from down in the Bitterroot Valley were standouts in this game as well. Pat Duchesne of Florence High School and Eli Taylor of Hamilton High School. We caught up with both of those guys uh, after the game, but we'll play that for you tomorrow during our Bitterroot Breakdown. But today, we'll hear from Adam Jones, Missoula Sentinel, who's on his way to Montana State. Cade Boyd, Building Central, who's on his way to Montana. Eli Norse uh, of Dillon, who's uh, headed to Montana Western, staying home there. Uh, Canyon Sargent of Mission High School, which I'm actually not sure where this young man's going, but he was very impressive. Definitely one of the best Class C guys in the game. Uh, so we'll hear from him briefly as well. Cy Stevenson, future Grizz linebacker out of Libby. Austin Beeler, who is a future uh Montana Grizz offensive lineman. I thought he was the most impressive offensive lineman prospect by a lot, actually, uh, there. So we'll hear from Austin for a quick minute as well. And then probably the guy I thought was the defensive standout for the East. By the way, the West won this game, the Shrine game, 45-13. to 13. And uh, lopsided rosters, to be sure. I actually thought the East played really hard. And uh, there was just so many D1 guys on the West. I don't really know how you sort of overcome that, especially when you only have a week to prepare. But I did think the East played uh, really hard, and uh, the the effort was sort of spearheaded by Asher Fettis, who's a uh, Belgrade high product. Did you did, did we know where he's going? Did he tell you? Is he going anywhere next year? Yeah, he's going to Tech, so he's staying in Butte next year. Sweet. Uh, perfect fit. I, he's a, he, I thought he was a really good player in this game. I thought, okay, if that guy's going to the Frontier, uh, he's got a chance to be a pretty good, uh, pretty dang good Frontier player because he runs well. He's a big kid. So uh, we'll talk all about that, hear from all those guys. And then we'll also talk about All-Star Games in general. The, the uh, unfortunate part about this East-West Shrine game, if you were following us on Twitter or following along at all, this thing took like close to four hours we didn't get out of Naranchi Stadium until after 11 o'clock, and we didn't get back to Missoula till after 1 o'clock in the morning. So uh, it was certainly a late night on Saturday night, but part of the reason that the game took so long was because there was several pretty bad injuries where they the kids had to get taken off the field. We don't want to necessarily exploit those kids or even really highlight the specifics of the injuries more than just talk about sort of the future of these all-star football games because – more and more, so many of the guys that are playing in these games, they're going on to play in college. It's a tough deal to get hurt. I mean, you know, Adam, I was talking to Adam Jones after the game, who we'll hear from in a little bit, and, and uh, I was like, hey, come by the studio sometime before you leave. He's like, I know, I'm leaving next week. So it's, it's that close. Like the freshmen are reporting for summer workouts at Montana, Montana State uh, right now, soon, next week. So uh, we'll round up as many of these guys as you can. But uh, I guess what I'm saying is it's uh, a bummer to have an injury right before you're on your way to report to college. So we'll have an, an all-star game uh, discussion, all part of the Montana football hour uh, here, the first hour of this Monday uh, on Nuanas Now. Hour number two, 
I got a few uh, broad talking points about the NFL, and then we'll also play a little NFL blindside. We've been talking so much NBA, I feel like we haven't hardly talked any pro football. We've been talking a ton of college football as well. And by the way, I also want to get Andrew's take on San Diego State's proclamation that they are leaving the Mountain West. They haven't said where yet, but they just said, hey, we're out. We don't know when, but it's definitely not an if anymore. It's definitely a win. So what do we think of that? How does that influence the college football landscape, especially with Montana, Montana State? Also, though, uh, I got some NFL stuff to talk about, and we'll have a little uh, back and forth on that as well. The Montana Football Hall of Fame banquet uh, induction ceremony coming up on Saturday, so less than a week away. If you haven't got your tickets, you still want to go, please do. You can get tickets at Universal Athletic Outlets across the state of Montana. There's, uh, I think, 10 Universal Athletic stores in Montana. Any of those retail um, stores will have of Montana Football Hall of Fame tickets. You can also get them online as well, mtfootballhof.com. So we'll give you one last look at who's going into this year's class. It's a It's a fun class. Uh, star-studded class, certainly a unique class for me because the two headliners of this class are Colt Anderson from Montana and Mike Person from Montana State, uh, two guys that I've kept up with more than most throughout the years. I went to school here at Montana with Colt, and, and we were friends in college and then a little bit better friends after college. And uh, Big Mike, he was the captain of the Bobcats my first year back in Montana covering Big Sky Conference football when I was working at the uh, the Bozeman Chronicle. It's just the weird part is that these guys are like my age, and that's why I was just thinking, okay, it's funny writing bios about guys going into the Hall of Fame that are your age because you know what that means. It means you're getting old. So uh, we'll talk all things Montana Football Hall of Fame as well. Nuanas now. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. This is the Montana Football Hour presented by Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications has been serving Montana's homes for more than six decades, providing communities with new and better ways to communicate in and connect to an ever-changing world. Blackfoot makes such a huge investment in making sure there's connections, particularly when it comes to telephone and internet in rural communities in Montana. And uh, fitting that they're the the, uh, sponsor of the Montana Football Hour here uh, on Nuanas now because uh, there were so many great guys, so many great uh, athletes in this East-West Shrine game that hail from uh, little rural communities that, that Blackfoot uh, really helps connect. So appreciate Blackfoot Communications. You want to see how Blackfoot can help you and your small business connect to more, visit goblackfoot.com. Um, spent the weekend kicking it, uh, well, I guess on Friday, um, I... Went out for a little while. That was fun. And uh, I guess I went over to my fa- my brother's father-in-law's house for a little while. Then I took a stroll through downtown to see what was going on, came back. And then on Saturday, uh, decided to embark out at King Ranch, uh, which is now an 18-hole course. King Ranch has been ar- around out there in Frenchtown ever since I moved to Missoula back in the early 1990s. But they've expanded to 18 holes over the last couple of years. And what a beautiful piece of property it is out there. We played some golf there early Saturday morning. Uh, it was raining. We did not play very well. Uh, very unfamiliar with the course. It was just my brother and I. So we had a bunch of blind shots. You're not to hear. You're not here to to hear about though how badly we played. It's a fun place out there. And I know right now golf has taken off so much in Missoula, but King Ranch is um, it's accessible. It's not nearly as jam-packed as some of the other courses in town. So, so you, you know, if you are starting out or you don't like to be rushed, you can take your time. And 
it's just a phenomenally beautiful piece of property. It's I would love to walk it because you can just observe so much ducks and geese and wildlife everywhere. And uh, it's certainly a, a beautiful piece of land out there in Frenchtown. So uh, King Ranch Golf Course, 18 holes open now. So go check them out there uh, in Frenchtown. It's a great... It's great to have that option for a lot of people that are just now uh, getting into golf. Speaking of golf, Wyndham Clark, man, it's so funny when you see guys, everybody that, that knows about golf knows golf is so mental, such a mental game. Where's your confidence at? Where's your swagger at? Where's your composure at? How do you keep your cool? Ricky Fowler was playing with so much swagger on Thursday when he goes out and shoots an opening round 62. Then he kind of grinds through it and three putts on the 18th hole when it's basically after dark already. There was so much controversy about this U.S. Open. I'm probably going to save most of my commentary for a little later on here in this show. But this thing was at the Los Angeles Country Club, and there were so many factors that went into this that both contributed to the 62s by both Ricky Fowler and Xander Shoffley on Thursday, as well as then a lot of these guys really struggling during the weekend but it was just so interesting to see how tight Ricky Fowler played on Sunday, how tight Scotty Scheffler played on Sunday. Rory McIlroy wasn't as aggressive as he needed to be, and he finishes one stroke back, second place in a major again. And this is sort of just becoming his calling card. He's certainly one of the great players of all time, but he's not in that same breath as the greatest players of all time. And it's simply because he's finished second so often. He does have majors, but he has not won one in quite some time. And uh, when it just becomes your MO, then all of a sudden it becomes like this self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, my brother was the one that pointed it out to me while we were watching the U.S. Open on Saturday. He was sending me highlights of Wyndham Clark. And I actually felt naive for have not, not knowing about this kid before this weekend. This guy has so much swagger. And then when I first looked him up, I, th I thought, okay, he must be a brand new pro. He's actually been around for six years. He went pro in 2017, played his college golf first at Oklahoma State and then at Oregon. So he certainly played at two of the premier golf programs in the country. He's been pro for six years. He's made a lot of money. He's finished in the top 25 in the world rankings three times out of the last six years. So he's certainly a great player. He's just had only ever won a golf tournament one time. And that was earlier this year. He broke through at the Wells Fargo Open in early May, and then he carried that momentum. But my brother was the one that pointed it out to me. Clark just has so much swagger. And you could see on Saturday, he was one of the only guys that was getting more loose as the weekend went along. Other guys that got a little bit more loose as the weekend went along, like Tommy Fleetwood, who fired a, a Sunday 63 to, to break into the top 10. But, but I thought a lot of guys tightened up as the weekend went along. I thought the tee times influenced that as well. But I thought Wyndham Clark was the one guy who stayed confident, and then he's able to hold off Rory McIlroy down the stretch. He's able, able to hold off Scotty Scheffler and Ricky Fowler. They both sort of fade from the pack. And boom, Wyndham Clark, now another first-time major winner. Uh, Andrew, we've talked about this a lot on, on this show. I'm still grappling with it. Parity is objectively good in certain sports. I think it's objectively neutral in a lot of sports. And then sometimes I wonder if it's bad. Golf was golf is in a good place right now, despite a lot of the controversy and sort of the tumult that exists within the golfing landscape. But 
I think most people would argue it's never been at a better place than when Tiger Woods was at his peak. So where are we at with sort of the, the dichotomy between having this one guy who's the favorite to win every championship and he's trying to hold up. It was Tiger versus the field for a decade. Now it's the field versus, I mean, there's 20 guys right now that can win majors and Wyndham Clark is the next one, but he's going to be in this group now moving forward. Is that good or bad for professional golf? Well, I just think people have to stop thinking that way, you know, because it's stop right. thinking that the next Tiger is coming along and, and we're totally. going to get something like that ever again. The, the NBA did this for a whole generation, Correct. though, and no, then, no, then no next Jordan ever came. And then they were like, oh, okay, well, it's not going to happen again, so let's just enjoy all the players. That, it, I, it took a generation. Though. Trust me, if the next Tiger comes along, it's going to be very, very obvious, right? You, well, you're not sure. going to have to sell it. There's going to be no propaganda or marketing required. That storyline is going to come up very organically. I think it's in a good place. I enjoyed learning a little bit about Wyndham Clark this weekend. You know, I enjoy learning uh, about these guys at the top of the field, and I think it's it's also cool where a guy like, uh, you know, Ricky Fowler can put it together again for a weekend and really be in contention up until Sunday at a major. I, I'm liking that so far. Uh, I think so, too. I also think that as many guys with with swagger and confidence that get added to this, I think it makes it so much more interesting because one of the things that um, set Tiger apart was everybody scared of him. That's what, to me, makes these Saturday and Sunday rounds watching these guys, though, is it's all this, like, machismo thing. Who is rising and who's falling? Who's getting tight? Who's not? More cocky guys, though, to get, sort of battle with each other and talk smack in the, uh, the the press conference and stuff. I just think it's better. I think it's endlessly entertaining. I think golf has never been more entertaining than it is right now, for sure. Did you see that that was like legitimately one of his quotes where he said one of his one of his goals for the weekend was to just be as cocky as possible? Like that was his thought as he was walking sure. up the fairways on the back nine on Sunday. And that was sort of what his goal was for the entire week. Well, and this guy, you know, he, I mean, he made $3.6 million for winning the U.S. Open Championship. But I was thinking that all day on Sunday. He's strutting around. He's so confident. He's, you know, he's a good-looking guy. He's pretty cut up. And I was just thinking, this guy win, loses, or draws, whatever. He's making himself $10 million in endorsement money right now. Well, here's the thing, and you could probably guess this from his first name, Wyndham. This is a guy who uh, wasn't hurting for money anyway. He grew up learning to play at Cherry Hills right outside of Denver, which is one of the like most exclusive, uh, extravagant uh, country clubs that there are. So he's a guy uh, who had quite the family connections anyway. He had plenty of money before this. You want us now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. We must divert for a moment. This is the Montana Football Hour, presented by Blackfoot Communications. Uh, visit goblackfoot.com to see how Blackfoot can help you and your small business. Uh, this just happened. Um, this is sad. Certainly um, not unexpected because a life well lived, no doubt, but Jim Brandenburg, who was the uh, heir apparent to Judd Heathcote at the University of Montana men's basketball team, Brandenburg then went on to become, uh, I would say, arguably, if not definitively, the greatest head coach in Wyoming school history. He also spent some time at San Diego State. Certainly a guy that's very well remembered around these parts and certainly somebody that's very important in Grizz basketball lore. Uh, he just died. So uh, appreciate um, the listener for sending that in. Uh, we have a couple of loyal listeners that are very tied to both Montana sports and Wyoming sports, so appreciate the tip. Brandenburg, um, he coached at Wyoming 
um, for a really long time, and, and he led Wyoming to three WAC titles, three NCAA tournament appearances in a, in a decade. And uh, again, he's widely considered the greatest coach in Wyoming history. He also has the distinction of he was the man that brought Michael Ray Richardson to the University of Montana. Brandenburg was Judd Heathcote's head assistant at Montana in the early 1970s. Then when Heathcote left in 1976 to take over as the head coach at Michigan State, Brandenburg was the greatest head coach for three seasons, and then he landed the Wyoming job 1979, and Brandenburg passed the Montana job off to Mike Montgomery, and then you know the rest. The coaching tree uh, stacked upon itself. Montgomery to Stu Morrill, Stu Morrill to Blaine Taylor, Blaine Taylor uh, to Don Holst. Then there was sort of the blip in the coaching tree with Pat Kennedy, and then they righted the ship with Larry Kristoviak, on to Wayne Tinkle, and now Travis DeCure. Pretty much all those guys I just named coached for each other. Most of them played at Montana, and it is certainly one of the most cohesive and impressive coaching trees in all of college sports. And the, the most amazing part is we did a podcast series on this. It's one of the things that I'm the most proud of that we've ever produced here on ESPN Radio or Skyline Sports. Uh, Grizz Great's the coaching tree, and, and we had about an hour long with each of those men that I named, and they all talked about Montana and Grizz Hoops and each other. And uh, if you haven't listened to it, you should. And if you want to go check it out again, go go search Grizz Great's the coaching tree on any of your podcast hosting platforms. But, but our episode with Jim Brandenburg was the most memorable. Uh, Judd Heathcote passed away before we embarked on this project, so Brandenburg was the oldest living member of the coaching tree, and uh, it, it was it was just like a flash from the past talking to him. He had such vivid memories, although he was of an advanced age, and he um, he really put into perspective how much the game has changed, how they were able to land a player like Michael Ray Richardson here at Montana. It's just so interesting, like how much the internet obviously helps information just spread so rapidly. Does Michael Ray Richardson ever have a chance to end up in the Big Sky Conference if, it, if, the, if he was playing at a time where there's the internet and Twitter and Huddle and all this? I don't know. I really don't think so, though. But because he, for whatever reason, he just wasn't really recruited, all of a sudden this guy who went on to be the number four overall pick in the NBA draft is playing at Montana. Uh, it's just amazing. But Brandenburg was the tie that binds there, and he was the guy that recruited, that convinced Judd Heathcote that Michael Ray Richardson was worth recruiting and then got him to come uh, to Montana. So uh, a somber, unexpected piece of breaking news here uh, during Nuanas now. Jim Brandenburg, dead at the age of 87. This from the uh, Casper Tribune, Kevin McKinney, who's a, a man that uh, has done a lot for us and uh, certainly set us up anytime we needed any coverage out of Wyoming. He's been the sports information guy there uh, forever. I think for, for probably as long as I've been alive, if not longer. He said, uh, Brandenburg's attention to detail and his drive to win are what we will remember most. He took over a program that was not in very good shape. And I'll say this, he's certainly a tough-minded guy. I don't think he was probably the easiest guy in the world to play for, but if you did what he wanted you to do, you could be pretty much uh, rest assured you're going to be successful. So uh, certainly solemn and uh, somber news that uh, Jim Brandenburg uh, died earlier today. We will follow up on that. I'm, we're going to play an excerpt from that podcast because it's certainly a good one, and uh, that, that'll be coming up uh, later on this week. More best of the weekend here on the Montana Sports Hour. By the way, the uh, East-West Shrine game, we got interviews with a whole bunch of uh, pivotal Subjects from the game, including a whole bunch of guys that are headed to Montana and Montana State next year to play football. Um, 
We'll come back to the soccer thing as well. Uh, but a couple uh, other big pieces of news. Pays Rasmussen, the great all-around cowgirl there at Montana State Rodeo. She is the uh, daughter of Flint Rasmussen, who's certainly going to be a Rodeo Hall of Famer, one of the most popular and uh, well-regarded rodeo clowns in the history of the business, and a guy that just retired recently. Well, his daughter is one of the great cowgirls in the state right now, and she won a national title at the College Finals, or the College uh, Finals National Rodeo, excuse me, the College National Finals Rodeo, CNFR, sorry. I'm trying to do the acronym backwards. You already know what I'm talking about. The CNFR, uh, Paige Rasmussen won the GOAT tying, so she is the national champion in that event. She will join us at 4 p.m. on Thursday. So very much looking forward to catching up with Paige about her national title. And uh, then somebody else will certainly have on the show uh, soon, uh, TBD, but this, this news just hit my inbox this afternoon. Brady Reed, Missoula Hellgate, named the Montana Boys Soccer Player of the Year. What, what do you think of that one, Andrew? I mean, that lines up with, with what that's, everybody's that's what been telling you, that's me. That's what you would have said. You, you're high on this kid, right? I mean, you're actually captivated by this young man. Not so much that I'm high on him, but that, like, everybody everybody's that I am talking him, right. to is is very high on him. Jay Anderson's been high on him. Uh, you know, guys who have coached, coached him in the club scene. Really high on him, and I mean to be able to do the things that he's doing as a as a sophomore this year. That's the other part of this. It, it, most of the time, this goes to seniors. I almost said we'll have him as part of our senior spotlight, and then we I remember, not, oh no. no, we will not. That's not going to be for a couple of years. Yeah, he's a guy who uh, really dynamic with the ball at his feet. Aside from just being a great player, he's a really fun to watch player. Uh, he's a winger. He likes to dribble by people. He had the he he ran about three quarters of the field and put the ball into the box for the game-winning goal in the state championship game for Hellgate this year. Wow, Uh, That's one where I think if that clip was more widely shared, uh, you'd have a lot more people hearing about this kid. Uh, But yeah, definitely hoping to talk to him at some point this summer just to get an update because this this is a big summer for him. I mean, this is a kid who has uh, certainly the chance to play at a very high level collegiately, possibly has the chance to, to go and play in a professional academy uh, somewhere, and it's just it's a tough thing to navigate. I think when you're coming out of a state with a soccer infrastructure like Montana, what are going to be the moves next that are best for his career? But uh, yeah, everybody that I have talked to, everything that I've seen from Brady Reed, who was just named the Montana Gatorade Boys Soccer Player of the Year, uh, he's a special, special player coming up in Missoula right now. We'll certainly follow up on this. Also, if you want all things soccer, subscribe Soccer in Snow and Smoke podcast series. Produced and hosted by Andrew Houghton. You can find it on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. Soccer in Snow and Smoke. Thanks to Blackbook Communications and Zootown Sports Cards for their sponsorship of that fine podcast series. All right, we've kicked it down the road long enough. Let's talk some Shrine Game. We'll hear from a variety of standouts from over the weekend. That's next. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. 
mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, we handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days, and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. One, two, three. What is now on ESPN Radio. It's Garth Brooks singing it, but it's Jerry Jeff Walker who wrote it. One of the all-time great songwriters. And somebody that just reminds me so much of my dad. Happy Father's Day, everybody. I uh, hope you had a great weekend. Um, was definitely thinking about my pops this weekend, so just decided to to play that on the way back. So uh, thanks for, for letting me do it. It's uh, definitely one of his favorite songs. I know it's not hype radio, but, uh, you know, we're, we are... We got a wide breadth of musical taste here at Nuanas now. The Montana Football Hour continues here on Nuanas now. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Ton of sound bites to get to, so we'll just uh, we'll start rolling here in just a sec. But uh, Andrew, your Andrew Houghton joining us here on Nuanas now. Your first East West Shrine game, the seventy sixth annual of these, um, always one of my favorite events of the year. And it just so happened to be in Butte, America as well, your first time in Aranchi Stadium. So uh, your impressions. I, I love taking people there for the first time because there's no way to really describe it unless you go there. What would you think of Naranchi? What would you think of the mining city? Yeah, I thought it was just a cool um, sort of combination of event and venue, right? Like the, the, this is where a Montana high school football all-star game should be. So we, we, <laughs> right. we got to Butte a little bit early. We were able to spend some time in downtown Butte, sort of hanging around uh, before the game kicked off. And then the walk, the couple blocks down the hill to the stadium, you get in, the stands are right on top of the field. Everybody's going crazy, even though it is an, an all-star game. Yeah. Uh, and the kids are taking it really seriously as well. I, I thought it was I thought it was a great event. Uh, I really enjoyed the trip. It, it was super fun. And a big-time testament to the East squad, because they were seriously overmatched in this one. I, there was... You know, probably close to 20 guys in this game going to the Division One ranks, and almost all of them were on the West, including a quarterback in Pat Duchesne, who's going to the Cats, a couple running backs in Tom Carter and Adam Jones, who are both going to the Cats as well. Uh, Talon Marsh, the Gatorade Player of the Year in Montana this last year from Helena Capital, who's also going to the Cats. So, so Montana State, or excuse me, uh, the West squad had had a ton of great talent. They also had the best offensive line by far, anchored by the two best offensive linemen in the state, Austin Beeler, who's headed to the Grizz, and Jonathan Lumen, uh, who's headed to the Cats. Beeler from Helena Capital and uh, Lumen from uh, Florence. I mean, if you break down the championships from this last year, Helena Capital won AA, won undefeated. Well, that's a Western school. Missoula Sentinel was also very good this last year. Boze, uh, Bozeman High and Bozeman Gallatin were your other uh, Final Four candidates, so kind of a split between the best double-A teams from this last year. But Hamilton was the Class A state champions. Florence was the Class B state champions. And Mission played belt for the Class C state championship on the eight-man level. So of all the top teams in the state, a vast majority of them were out west. So I thought it was impressive how hard the East played. 
The East had uh, several guys go down with injury early, a couple of them that were bad that had to get carted off the field. That was terrible to watch. And uh, But then about midway, maybe even late in the second quarter, the West was only up 8-7. to seven. Uh, the, the East got a pick that almost was a pick six, and then uh, Lewistown's Gage Norslian punched in a touchdown, and it, it's 8-7. to seven. You're thinking, okay, the East is scrapping. But then the West just started leaning on them in the second half. Duchesne settled in. Jarrett Wilson started running around all crazy. Uh, the great Polson quarterback who's headed to Montana Tech. Adam Jones started getting loose as well. Uh, he ended up scoring a touchdown right before halftime to give the West a 15-7 to seven lead, and they scored another one in the second half. And the West wins this thing going away, 45-13. to 13. Let's hear from one of the stars of this game, Adam Jones, a Missoula Sentinel product. He's headed to Montana State. Uh, here's Adam Jones after scoring two touchdowns in the East-West Shrine game. East was flying around in the first half. So, I mean, what were you guys able to do in the second half to sort of get a little bit of a gap? Yeah, I mean, in the first half, we were playing our game fine. I think the coaches said that um, it wasn't on us. We kind of just got to the red zone and stalled out a couple times, a couple bad penalties. Uh, and we just stayed patient. We knew what we were what, knew what we were doing and what we were capable of. So, coming into a game like this, on defense, if you just go hard, you, you, you're, it's all right. Offense, you got to kind of know what you're doing, though. How hard is it to sort of get on the same page as guys offensively? You only have three or four days. Yeah, it was super weird, but the, luckily we had the capital coaches, Kyle and Coach Rayot. They made it super easy on us, which was nice. And practicing three times a day for four times. Um, It'll get you there, so it was just a mix of good coaching and smart players. So it also seemed like you guys had a big advantage up front. So I mean, how much did your offensive line help you, especially in the second half? Yeah, no, it was huge. I've never had an offensive line that big and that strong, so it was definitely different, and it was nice. I mean, those dudes are dogs, and I'm I was so happy and proud of them, and lucky to be running behind them. Uh, how sweet is it to end on a to end the career on a win? You know, and just come out here and ball like that. No, it means everything. Ending my high school career. Uh, with a great group of guys in this West Shrine game for a great cause. Um, it means everything. It's definitely a great way to wrap up my high school career. And, uh, you know, you're obviously a lot of future MSU teammates that you got to, you know, suit up with for the first time tonight. How excited are you to kind of take this experience into the summer and next four years? I mean, we're all pumped. I think this was just like a hint of what it's going to be like for the next four to five years. And I know most of us are going up to MSU next week, so it's going to be super fun. It was super fun to hang out with them and kind of get to know them more before I get to go to MSU with them. Four-sport athlete, I mean, you've done it all uh, your time at Sundell. How will you, when you think back on your high school career, what will you remember? Um, I'm just going to be thankful for all my teammates and coaches. I mean, I was lucky enough to be coached by some of the best people in the state and have some of my best friends around me. Uh, I'm just going to be thankful for the memories I've created, for sure. Here on Nuanas Now. Adam, uh, hopefully, will join us a little later on this week. I actually just saw on my phone a text pop up. Oh, yeah. Adam Jones says, yep, we can make it tomorrow. So Adam Jones will join us in studio tomorrow. There you go. <laughs> Maybe he was listening today right before he texted it in. Uh, Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, the East-West Shrine game played out over the weekend. One of the, uh, one of the touchdowns for the East came late when Cade Boyd, of Billing Central, uh, who was headed to Montana Tech, but then flipped and got an opportunity to come to Montana, uh, future Grizz running back. I thought he showed well in this game, even though uh, he was uh, a little bit playing behind a little bit more of a mismatched offensive line. Uh, but he looked great in the return game. He ripped off probably an 85 plus yard return for a touchdown. Uh, Andrew caught up with Cade Boyd right after the game. 
Here with Cade Boyd, running back out of Billings Central. Recent commit to the Montana Grizzlies after the East-West Shrine game here. Big kick return for a touchdown in the fourth quarter, Cade. First of all, walk me through that play. So I was telling some kids on the sideline, I was like, if we get one more kickoff, well, that's all I need. And coach sets me up. He's like, he's like, we're going to do something different. We're going to send you off with no blockers this time for a little thing. So I thought he was putting me on a death mission. I didn't think it was going to work. And then kind of played it off a little bit and uh, broke it free, just saw some open field and took it. So Once you got down the sideline, what were you thinking? Just don't get ankle tackled by the last guy. I needed the house one. I needed one. Talking about this week first, what was your favorite part about uh, this week preparing for playing in the East-West Shrine game and then getting actually to play on this field? You know, just meeting all those kids that I've been strapping up against for all the four years and some of them even longer. Uh, just building new friendships with all those kids is awesome, getting to know all of them. And then getting to play finally in that game with all those dudes, like after building close bonds in only, what, six, seven days? Yeah. So that was one of my favorite parts because all of us are way closer than we were when we first stepped on campus at Providence on Saturday, so, or Sunday. Okay, Boyd, recent commitment to the Montana Grizzlies running back out of Billing Central. Uh, walk me through how you ended up with the Montana Grizzlies because that's something that happened kind of recently. Yeah, so um, I really wasn't hearing anything from uh, the Grizz for a while, and then just a few weeks ago, uh, I get a text from Coach Hauk and Coach Rosenbaugh saying, asking for a phone call, and I really had nothing, no clue what to expect, and they got me on the phone, and then I talked to Coach Hauk as well, and they were very persuasive, asking if they could still grab me if it wasn't too late, just because they had open roster spots, and like I said, that's been a dream school of mine, and been wanting to do that my whole life so once I had that opportunity I just feel like I had to take it. What's the thing that you're most excited about for the fall with with the Grizz? You know just playing at that level and meeting all the new kids on campus all the new football players and just being up in Missoula with all those guys I have a couple friends going up there so that should be fun. Curry you had a couple teammates this week that are going to the Grizz I know a couple guys on the west yeah. roster also going to the Grizz was there uh, did you get a chance to meet those guys this week? Yeah I've met Jackson Tucker I've known him for a while uh, Clay Oven, who unfortunately couldn't play due to injury, uh, that's, he was my teammate, so I met him. And then I know a couple of those guys on the West that are gone, like Cy Stevenson uh, and a couple other ones. So, yeah, those guys are all super cool, and I'm excited for next year. Last thing for you, just what was the, what was the best thing about this week? And have you processed just playing in your last high school game yet? Uh, it's kind of, I've been kind of processing it now. I haven't really, it didn't really pop into my head much this week, but now that it's kind of here, it's a little sad again. thought I'd be done with that after our last game of the season, but now that kind of sadness is a little bit back, but I wouldn't have rather ended my last week of high school football with anyone else. So. Kate Boyd here on Nuanas. Now building Central product, headed to Montana. Montana Football Hour presented by Blackfoot Communications. Visit Go Blackfoot to see how Blackfoot Communications can help you connect to more. Kate Boyd mentioned there a couple of the guys that I was really interested in getting my eyes on. Jackson Tucker, uh, offensive and defensive lineman out of Billings West, and Clay Oven, who's uh, a versatile guy, probably going to play linebacker. Both of those guys headed to the Grizz, but both of them were hurt. I, Oven was hurt before the game, I think. I think T Tucker might have got hurt during the game, but he was certainly in a sling after the game. So, um, bummer we didn't get to see more of those guys. One of the best individual offensive plays of the game came towards the end of the third quarter when the, the West was kind of pouring it on. It was really rainy for parts of this game. 
So the quarterbacks are having a hard time really spinning it. But probably the one of the better throws that Pat Duchesne made in this game was a back shoulder throw to a streaking Eli Norse, and Norse had to adjust in the air to get it, but he did. And, and Norse was uh, very excited to do this interview. So here's Eli Norse uh, from post-Shrine game after helping his team with a touchdown uh, in the West's 45-13 to victory over the East. First of all, tell me about the adjustment you made on that ball. The quarterback looked like he got hit a little bit, but you were able to get underneath it. How, how, what were you thinking when it was flying through the air? Uh, I lost it for a second in the <laughs> lights, and then I was like, oh, crap, I better get going. And so I kind of faded off, and it was a perfect throw. It was fun. That was kind of been – it's kind of been open all game, but the quarterbacks just had pressure and stuff. And so we finally just – coach called him over and was like, trigger left, safety's going to come down, just throw it over the top, and we were able to score. It was super fun. It was interesting because you guys scored. 45, but it seemed like it was kind of hard to get going a little bit, right? Yeah, we started off pretty slow. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of hard. Ma- like, I mean, they were flying around, too. Yeah, meshing with all the guys, you know. Yeah, yeah, Our yeah. defense started out awesome, you know. Yeah. They kept us in the game, and then the O was finally able to pull in some scores. You know, we were getting in the red zone and then not really pulling it off. But, you know, we just kept fighting, kept working. We knew it was gonna. We knew we were going to mesh at some point, and then next thing you know, we're up 30 on them, and Game's over. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it seemed like you guys started leaning on them a little bit in the second half too, right? I mean, did you see the run game start to work, especially oh, you yeah. guys? You guys had some of the best offensive linemen in the game. Yes. Uh, Bueller, all those guys. You know, they were creating holes, and then Adam and Car- Tom Carter are just two of the best players in the state. The be- two best running backs in the state, and we were just getting five, six a pop every single play, and that helped open up everything else. All the, credit to the O line. This is uh, it's such a cool deal, right? Because you get to. You get to sort of end your high school career and also kind of start your college career with all these guys that are going to college. So, I mean, how do you sort of handle that circumstance when you're coming into this? It's probably kind of nerve-wracking, right? Yeah, it's a little bit nerve-wracking, you know. Uh, I was pretty nervous before the game just because all these guys, you know, are good players. It's not like high school where you're just going to be able to kind of run over everybody. It's more everybody's good, and it's just working on the little things all week at practice, getting ready to play, and then just kind of trusting ourselves, our abilities, our coaches, and just going after it. Well, you get to beat a bunch of guys you're going to play with and against and all that moving forward. So what was that experience like? Oh, that was super fun. Uh, Drew Humphreys, one of my good friends who's coming to Western. Nice, yeah. Super good player, super nice kid. We did a little bit of John, all in good fun. And it's just it's just awesome, you know, to be able to kind of form those bonds with these guys and stuff and kind of see what it's like to play with and play against them. Like, it's going to be in college. It's super fun, super interesting. You know, I'm just... I'm excited for college, and this kind of was a little head start, I'd say, kind of like yeah. a little mini camp yeah. leading up, and it also is for such a good cause, you know. It's, yeah. Yeah. That was the last thing I was going to ask you. Just do it for a good cause. That's probably pretty special for you guys. Oh, yes, and with Gavin being from Dillon, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's a hometown kid. Uh, I have a little Emmett Smith card he gave me from the banquet yeah. on my desk. You know, it's just super awesome being able to, you know, it's for them, you know. It's yeah. not for us. It's for a bigger cause, which makes the game so much more fun. Nuance Dow ESPN Radio. Eli Norse, Dylan Proct headed to Montana Western post East-West Shrine game. We got several more guys to get to, but I want to stay on track here. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to hear from Austin Beeler with Andrew from post game. He's headed to the University of Montana, offensive lineman. Then we'll take a break, and then we'll hear on the other side uh, from Canyon Sergeant, Cy Stevenson, and Asher Fettis. So here's Austin Beeler post game from the East-West Shrine game. 
Big 45-13 win for the West in this East-West Shrine game. Austin, just the, uh, what was it like going through that game and winning it that way? Oh, uh, man, it was just really, it was awesome. I mean, it's a huge rivalry, and it's great to win that big. And I mean, everybody did their jobs, and we executed the East did what was the difference in the second half? Because it was a close game through the first half, and then you guys come out and dominate in the second half. Well, I mean, our, our defense was incredible. Just was stuff in their offense the whole night, and then we got our offense rolling, and they just rolled over and gave up. Have you processed yet that this is the last high school game in your career? A little bit. It's been a it's been a weird week. I mean, this is the last time I'm playing with most of these guys, and it, I mean, it's really fun, but it's going to be sad. What was your favorite thing about this week? I mean, I know you guys have, have the practices all week and then getting to come out and play here. Oh, definitely the practices with all the new kids are super fun and exciting. Next year, you're going to Missoula. You're playing for the Grizz. Have you flipped your thoughts over to considering that yet? And what are you thinking about I the mean, fall? As soon, as soon as my track season ended this year, I started working out and getting ready to go there. So I'm ready to go. Cool, man. Anything else about tonight that you wanted to mention that stood out to you? Oh, yeah. Go Grizz. RTD, baby. There you go, Austin Beeler. Oh! It's the one is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I don't know why. Actually, I do know why. John Party reminds me of Butte. It's because we were in Butte for state hoops uh, in March, and that's what we were just playing on the jukebox. Uh, when we were having dinner between games, you know, I'm that guy. Jukebox, even when we're it's just dinner time. <laughs> and, and then we were back in Butte this last weekend, and uh, so I got some country music, especially some John Party, on today's playlist. Welcome back. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Appreciate you for rolling along with us. Let's keep going on uh, some of these sound bites from post game. A bunch of future Grizz, a bunch of future Bobcats in this one, including a young man from up north, Libby Cy Stevenson. He joined us earlier this year to tell about tell us about his commitment to the Montana Grizzlies. Thought he was really one of the standouts on the West defense on Saturday, and Andrew caught up with him after the game. Here with Cy Stevenson from Libby, Montana Grizz commit, West team winning the Shrine game, 45-13. Cy, just what are the what are the emotions? What are the reactions after playing your last high school football game? Honestly, it's super special uh, to come out with a whole new group of guys to work with, you know, a whole new group of coaches for a week. Uh, come out and dominate. It, it, was, it was great. I feel great. It was something special. And I'm going to remember it for the rest of my life. So I'm, I'm super happy. What was the best thing about this week? 100% bonding with, the, with these new guys. I mean, there's some cat guys on the team. There's some tech guys. I mean, there's everywhere, you know. So bonding with these guys who are going everywhere else on these connections. Uh, it, that, just that. It was awesome. You also get the chance to bond with a couple, at least, of your future teammates. I talked to Austin Beeler for the West Squad. I know you got a couple other future Grizz on this team. Uh, was that cool this week? It was, yeah, it was really fun knowing that we're all going to the same same place. And, you know, I've, we have a great foundation of guys. Yeah, we have a great foundation of uh, upcoming freshmen, so it, it's been so much fun. With Big Bueller. What are you most looking forward to now about the fall? I mean, moving into the next stage of your football career. 
Uh, 100% getting back, getting into a new weight system, uh, weight training program, uh, uh, bringing out the most potential I have, because I know that's what they're going to do at UM, is get the most out of me, so 100% just get to work, uh, showing what I can really do. Was it tough for you this week getting back into sort of the football side of things? I know you're a big track guy, too. Uh, was it tough for you getting back into sort of the football grind? Yeah, it was a little different. But football's football. I love it. So once we got onto the field, it felt it felt home. It felt right. But, yeah, there was a, it was a little hiccup at the beginning, but we got we caught it. Cy Stevenson, a guy who played all over the field for Libby, heading to Missoula next fall to play for the Montana Grizz side. Just anything else from, from this week or even just from the night? Go Grizz, baby. A couple go Grizz in there. The rivalry alive and well, and they're not even officially part of the team yet. I guess they're officially part of the team because they've signed, but they haven't participated in any team activities yet. But a whole bunch of future Grizz, future Bobcats at the 76th annual East-West Shrine game uh, in Butte on Saturday night. Mission High School up there in St. Ignatius had one of their great runs in their school's history, played for the Class C eight-man title. I thought when the East was really scrapping and, and making this thing uh, a competitive game early, I thought, you know, there's always blows that happen in a football game where this side's setting the tone, that side's sort of maintaining it, and, and you go back and forth, but how do you sort of get more rope? Well, one of the tone-setting hits of early on in this game was when Canyon Sargent, a safety from Mission High School, came downhill and leveled Cole Taylor, who's a Montana State-bound quarterback, probably going to be a linebacker at the Division I level. But Cole Taylor goes about 6'2", 220, 225. He's certainly a formidable um, quarterback running the uh, the outside zone. And Cannon uh, Sargent really laid it to him. I thought it really set the tone for the West. Here's one of Mission High School's standout players. First of all, tell me about the hit you had early. Cole Taylor's coming through the hole, and you speared him on the sideline. He's pretty big. You know? But, I mean, that kind of set the tone for you guys. Um, Yeah, I don't have too much memory of it, but, uh, I mean, I love to hit. It's fun. And he's he's a big boy, but, yeah, it it felt good to get the, get the tone going. It seemed like some of you smaller school guys actually were less rusty, right, because you guys have played an uh, all-star game or two in the last couple weeks. Did it help you? Uh, Yeah, that definitely helped. Playing in the eight-man game two weeks ago, I mean, there's a bunch of dudes there, a couple of dudes that are here as well, but it definitely helped out, you know, get back in the swing of things. A little different playing 11, man, but we, we like it. What was that adjustment like? I mean, what's the biggest difference? I mean, it looks like there's way too many people on the field all the time. <laughs> right, totally. But honestly, I think 11-man defense, it's a little, not as high, it's not a track meet like 8-man, so it makes, right. it makes it a little easier. But you actually have to run less, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a little nicer, but I mean... It's definitely a challenge for sure to get used to it, but uh, it was pretty fun. What uh, what gave you confidence coming into this as an eight-man guy? Because a lot of you guys, class C guys, play great tonight. Mm-hmm. I think we, I don't know, I don't think it's really about where you play. It's just about the work you put in, and we, we all put work in. Bryce, he put a little bit of work in too, I guess. But <laughs> uh, No, I think we just trusted it. I think we're pretty confident going playing anywhere. So, uh, You guys, the, the season last year, you had such a great year all the way to the state championship. So playing a couple more football games as a high school kid, what was that like? Uh, it was super fun. I mean, getting to, especially getting to do with these guys are a ton of great football players. So to be able to experience that is, I mean, it's amazing, especially playing here and everything like that. So. And, and doing it for a good cause too, right? Yeah, great, great cause. I mean, having Gavin around all week was awesome. So. Canyon Sergeant, St. Ignatius Mission High School here uh, on Nuanas Now. One more to get to. Just one more. Is that right? I, I, I'm I'm all confused. Just one more. Yep. Asher Fettis, who's from Belgrade High School. I thought he was the standout defensively for the East. He was all over the place. He's going to be a good pickup for Montana Tech. Here is Asher Fettis from the Belgrade Panthers. 
Here with Asher Fettis, middle linebacker for the East squad in the East-West Shiron game, a guy who really popped for us this year. Belgrade linebacker and the Montana Tech in Butte next year. So what was it like playing in, in the city that you're going to school in next year? I mean, it was awesome. The atmosphere here was just absolutely electric. I mean, it was a close game first half, and I was just having fun with all my boys on the East squad. Just having a blast, man. It was awesome playing in Butte. What was the best thing about this week for you? It's probably like all the friends I made. Like I thought I had rivals, like towns real close to me, and they just turned out to be my boys by the end of it. So it was sweet. Um, you made a lot of plays, especially in the first half. You guys were keeping it close in the first half. What was your mindset coming out into this game? I just wasn't going to take it easy. I mean, it's the last time I get to play high school football. So I was just going to go as hard as I can, as fast as I can all the time. Have you processed it yet the last time, you know, playing high school football? I don't know. I feel like it all hit me right when I get to college, but yeah. What are you most excited about for, for this fall for going to Montana Tech? I'm just excited to be around a whole bunch of people that just love football. That's what I'm excited about. Asher Fettis, Belgrade High School here on Nuanas Now. It's the Montana Football Hour, proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications. Thought it was very fitting. Blackfoot does so much in rural communities to help keep people connected. If you want to find out how Blackfoot can connect you and your small community, visit goblackfoot.com. And uh, so many small school guys, you know, whether it's Billing Central or uh, Dillon or St. Ignatius or Libby or Helena or Belgrade, it's just fun to catch up with these guys and uh, a lot to be proud of. I thought uh, it was a great display on both sides. I know it was a lopsided result, but I was really impressed with how hard both teams played, how quickly that they all shook off the rust. Because you got to remember, these guys haven't played football since last November, maybe like the first week of December, but it's been months and months, more than half a year. So, um, And some of the small school guys had played in all-star games the last couple of weeks, but still, it's just a it's a long time off. So I thought it was a great effort and a great execution. And as all of those young men mentioned, I thought that was classy that every single one of those guys mentioned this. For a great cause. They, they each had a, a Shriners Children's Hospital um, kid that they sort of put their arm around and, and lifted up during the week. And uh, it was all to raise money for the Shriners Children's Hospital in general. So uh, job well done. Excellent event. Very much enjoyed it. Great hanging out with the boys. Appreciate Andrew for driving over with me. Thanks to our good buddy Pete uh, from Vertical Rays. It was always fun watching high school sports with him. Always uh, fun to rally in the Mining City. And it was good seeing our good buddy Ian Laird over there as well, the play-by-play guy for Bozeman High and Gallatin High, as well as Montana State men's and women's basketball on ESPN+. Hour one of the books, hour two coming at ya. I actually want to analyze this track game a little bit. I got a couple of questions for Andrew on that note. We will also talk international soccer, NFL football, and the Montana Football Hall of Fame. Jam-packed. Hour number two coming at you. Keep it right here. You want us now, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 